Hey guys, it's Michelle Collins. Welcome to the Michelle Collins Show. It's my show and I'm thrilled you're here. We're going to be bringing you episodes every single week with different co-hosts, the same usual nonsense, off-the-cuff humor, news, advice, pop culture. I know it's a novel concept for a podcast, but what can I say? I'm an innovator. That's what I do. You'll be getting episodes every week, but if you want to hear daily episodes, you can head over to my Patreon. That's www.patreon.com slash mishcall, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. I have co-hosts every single day. It's funny. It's loose. It's authentic. I do weekly episodes with my mother. If you're curious as to how someone is made this way, I highly recommend tuning into those and some video content as well, which is exciting. I'm off to contour, but I want you to enjoy this episode. It's fabulous. We adore you and we look forward to seeing you over on the Patreon. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Everyone, why do I sound more annoying than ever? What is that? I think you're too tired. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so tired. So you guys know it's like 11:15 at night. Dan just finished work. Um and we are just recording. I am a workhorse. I've been working all fucking day long today. Yeah. But I said, "Dan, we got to record." And then I think for that intro just now, I was thinking too hard about how to say hello. Yeah. Like I stopped and thought, what would I want to hear if someone started a podcast? How would I want them to say it? And it was, if you rewind to about 20 seconds ago, <laughs> that's what it sounded like. But that's not good. That's not good at all. Uh, effortless. Yeah. Effortless. <laughs> it is Michelle Collins. It's Midnight Snack. I do sound raspy a little, huh? Oh, a little bit. Yeah. You've been having a fun day. Yeah. 
I, I had a long, I really had a long day today. I did a ton. I worked a lot. I had like a professional meeting, mm. not to brag, but no, it really was a long day. Um, hi, it's Midnight Snack. I'm here with an about to be internationally catapulted Dan Acton, That's right. who is in fact flying across an entire, I'm getting more and more annoying as it goes on. I hear it. I feel it. I hear it and I feel it and I don't know how to stop it. It's happening now. It's just, just this is what that. this is. Go with it. <laughs> You got to turn into like the Taki Tina doll or something. <laughs> I lean back, my lids close, yeah. I sit up, they open. Um, by the way, just to give you an idea of where I am mentally, I just put Queen Elizabeth in a Where's Waldo costume because she looks... <laughs> She looks so tiny in all of her photos that I'm like, is this, how can these pictures be real? I just saw them 10 minutes before we started this. She looks like she's an inchworm. Like she looks so, I, mean, I don't know if they put her in a room with like super high ceilings. She's the height of the sofa. Uh, well, that's like, yeah, that's unfair because she is like in a castle. And so like people get shorter. And so it's not really fair. They should lower the ceilings to kind of like, uh, no. you know, accommodate. They shouldn't put her next to a freaking sofa that's her height. I mean, it looks... <laughs> and it, the she's meeting the new prime minister, this Liz Truss. Yeah. I don't know what the name is about, but anyway... I don't trust her. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a Webby Award winning episode. I feel it happening as we do it. We are knee deep in accolades. Um, anyway... Um, yeah, she's tiny. So I put Where's Waldo clothing on her and then tweeted it. And let's just check in. This was right before we started. Let's just see, <laughs> out of curiosity, how many likes we're up to on that. We are up to, Ooh. it's up to 10 hearts. Aww. Well, we're doing it. <laughs> Speaking of Queen Elizabeth, you know, first of all, my middle name is Elizabeth. Maybe you knew that. But more importantly, uh, Dan, yeah. who's grinning ear to ear, <laughs> is getting on a plane coming. First, he's going to Paris for like 10 seconds. And then That's he's right. hopping on the Eurostar train, mm-hmm. which, by the way, I love that train. Oh, my God. I it's do so too. fun. Yeah. Uh, I've only taken it a couple of times, it. but I really like it. Yeah. Did you say I've only taken her a couple of times? I think I said it, but that would be more. Is that more classy as a train or her? I actually, it made me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> so I'm happy. <laughs> I've only taken her out on a couple of trips, but uh, we're making things work. We're making it work out there on the tracks. The Eurostar, yeah. Dan is coming to London. And we're doing this live show, which I'm so excited about. So Friday night, I understand that you are all listening to this on Thursday, Mm -hmm. but you still have like almost 48 hours to alert every British person you know to get tickets. And P.S., I saw the ticket price and I was offended at how cheap they were. I was like, they're, yeah. <laughs> they were like $15. I'm like, I bought a whole new outfit for this. I'm paying for people's drinks and cars and shit. When do we make money, Dan? When does that happen for you us? You tell me. You tell me. This is supposed to I don't be. Know. <laughs> By this time, I was supposed to be rolling in it. <laughs> we were supposed to be rich from this podcast by this time we were told and we're not and i just don't get it and then i see the ticket prices are 12 pounds 50 pence yeah. 50 mike pence even worse and i'm just thank you i don't trust them and so i'm just wondering when do we make our money um also <laughs> it's gonna be so stupid thank god you're fucking gonna be there yeah. because if you're wondering see now this is why okay 
you know, if we have nothing planned, if people get pissed, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep reminding the audience, this only cost you fifteen dollars. That's a good. What do you? <laughs> What do you think? What do you think is going to happen? Leah Michelle's funny girl. I mean, this is a cheap podcast recording. Dan's going to be there. We may have some special guests, Mm -hmm. which is not going to happen. We have one guest and she's special. (laughs) No, she's special, but we're not having any secret guests. Uh, British Michelle Collins, who may I just say, based on our emails alone, absolutely killing it. She is so nice. Mm. And you know me, I'm, I'm nice when they're nice. Like, I'm just like, oh, yeah. You know, because you just never know. And she's been so nice. Cool. I cannot wait to meet her. We were going to do some kind of trivia game. Have we done anything? We haven't done that yet. No. See, the problem is I can't be the one to write it because I don't know, I don't know the answers. answers. Uh, but I, I can figure it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> All right. I'm not giving Dan Dan. Just quit the podcast. kind Dan? of a physical challenge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which Michelle Collins can limbo the lowest? Wait, I, I just so dumb. Uh, I bought a limbo thing on eBay just yesterday because I'm having a party and I thought it might be fun. <laughs> and then I returned it the like next morning because it sounds stupid. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> um, I know this is a, an audio podcast. I'm just staring yeah, at Dan. <laughs> Mouth agape. Oh, wait, can I tell you something funny? Yeah. Speaking of which. So, by the way, speaking of apes, I'm telling you, that my I'm in Russell Crowe beautiful mind territory right now. The way the connections, my brain like and also I said to Dan, oh, this can be a quickie because we have a fabulous guest on today. And I already know we're in this for an hour. I'm like, oh. <laughs> without a question, we're in this for a long time. I like doing it at this time. We should like convince everyone. I like this it when it's you one. and me. It's the best. I mean, it's the best. We'll time. talk later. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you were going to tell me about um, something that happened to you at a restaurant. Because I have also a restaurant story. And we love sharing our stories here on the podcast. (laughs) Dan, take it away. Okay, so my friend's birthday was this weekend. And we went to this new fancy restaurant in my neighborhood. And so we get there and it's small plates. Each one is like a million dollars. I, you know, wait, can I just stop you right there? My number one pet peeve on the planet that we now call Earth, yeah. which is soon to be completely on fire. Yeah. <laughs> That's my pet peeve. It's global warming. <laughs> <laughs> but you go. <laughs> I'm going to have a breakdown. I'm so tired. Oh, my God. I was going to say that a pet peeve of mine is places that have really small plates. Well, yeah. Because it's like, like you'll go on a date, like a dinner date. Ugh. And, you know, he's like, it was tapas okay? And you don't want to be a fat Yeah, cunt. right. So you're like, I love tapas. <laughs> yes. Tapas. You know me. Tapas, tapas, tapas. <laughs> and then you go to this restaurant and you eat like an olive on his stick. Yes. And like, oh. Uh, literal one shred of like ropa vieja (laughs) and that's it and you're starving and you have to and it's like nine hundred dollars okay i'm sorry wow global warming really broke me i I don't know i'm sorry i didn't expect that i'm so sorry okay go on so so we were like okay everything looks great to the server like what do you recommend and they were like oh the tomato tart uh you you gotta try the tomato tart i already hate it served with a whey topping whey so I would have said, I would have what said, would, what, what, go, what would said <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> what would you have said? They offered you way. Are you going to go my way? 
<laughs> okay, so, so yeah, we're getting these things. Everything's okay. They finally come and present the the like crowning jewel of the menu is this like tomato tart. And so they bring it out. Okay. And for one thing, it's not a round tart. No. No, it's like a slice. It's a wedge. So it's like a slice. Oh, no. It, like from a large pie? Yes. That's fucking bullshit. Well, also, it's a piece okay. of pizza. It's just, no. it's just a piece of pizza with like no, Stop. with no cheese. It was like some vaguely like puffy pastry. So the guy puts it down with like I'm, much, I'm dying. Yeah. with much like pomp and circumstance, and they literally much ado about nothing. It's really I much ado about nothing. And then yeah. he he brings over the way in this small dish, and he's like, the chef insists that you drizzle this on the thing. Don't dip it. So he sets down. This. You know, I, I explain it now. I, I have to. I'm sorry. I have to keep interrupting you. I'm sorry. Well, I'm on a different level no, right now. I hate nothing more on the planet, more than tapas, even Dan. Yeah. When the chef, <laughs> this chef, has a has a request. Yeah. You want? You don't want me to dip it? Drizzle it yourself, yeah, motherfucker. Don't bring it in a fucking ramekin. Exactly. Okay, go on. I'm now I'm mad. So wow. The emotional. Down, I'm going through a lot. So yeah, he sits down the soft saucer, and in the middle of the saucer is this off-white, sour-smelling Dying. puddle. <laughs> the <laughs> mm. goop mm, and then okay. we have to drizzle it and so like my friend takes the Off dish of a plate yeah so we had to like spread it and like it looked you know exactly what it looked like filthy yeah it looked filth. disgusting like i my yeah. my stomach actually turned and i uh. i grabbed it quickly and cut it in three pieces to and said everybody eat this quick because it's making me sick it looks like well, i would have thought you can i say something yeah. I would have thought you would have left it. <laughs> Sorry, oh I'm being yeah, honest. It's like a frat, a frat house, uh, old old, Circle, old wives' tale. Yeah. <laughs> okay. How did it taste? Uh, it tasted okay, but it was pretty gross. I mean, the, the visuals. It, it did not get redeemed by the taste. It was it, the visuals were enough that like really sank it. You know, I got to tell you, I've had a couple of restaurant things lately that have all made me wonder. What are we doing? Yeah. What are we all doing yeah. here? I had a thing happen. I went with um, Trixie Mattel, who, you know, was shooting uh, Queens of the Universe here in London. Mm. And we've become best friends, which is like the greatest thing to happen to me. Awesome. It's actually kind of funny because I'm like, I love London. I have so many friends. And it's like, I have two friends. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I see them almost every day. Yeah. So it's like, nice. You know, I'm busy. Anyway, so we went to the Ivy in Kensington. Now, the Ivy is, I call it the London or the English Cheesecake Factory because it's a chain. They're everywhere. And I don't know if I've ever genuinely had a good meal. Funny enough, I think at this location, the Kensington location, which it's a beautiful restaurant. I think... In, during COVID, when I was here, I went by myself like Christmas time yeah. and sat outside Ooh, in the cold yeah. and had a burger and, and a glass of wine. And it was delicious. And I remember thinking, this is how I'd like to go. Right. Like ice cold, Titanic, but hot burger, yeah. glass of wine, yeah. people watching, like happy. Perfect. And we go and we ordered, you have to, you know, or pay for bread. Okay. So they brought over this like sourdough loaf okay. that the outside was, I imagine what the consistency of one of um, Khaleesi's dragon's eggs would be. It was like impossible <laughs> to even rip through it. And then maybe the inside inner inch, you could kind of scoop out and eat that part. It was so hard, Ugh. but what are we going to do? Send a loaf of bread back. Yeah. So anyway, our server was like, you know, I can't even say he was working that hard because it wasn't packed. It was busy enough. Right. But he came over and I said, oh, can we please get two bread plates? Because, you know, 
I'm Judy Collins's daughter. We were yeah. raised in a home sure. where you uh, we have very specific rules about bread. You get the bread. You know, you're never supposed to bite into the bread. You rip a piece of the bread. You put butter okay. on it and then eat All it. Right, that's nice. Yeah. And you have to do so over a small bread plate, which is usually provided at said restaurant. Right. We're not animals. Yeah. We're not fucking animals. And that's that's the name of the episode. We're not fucking animals. We did it. So wait. So uh, I say, can I get a, you know, can we get two bread plates? Okay. So he leaves. Hour passes. We're not. Now the bread's cold. No plates. Yeah. So now this other guy in a black blazer walks by who works there. Kind of like an Italian guy had like a lot of, what are you laughing I'm picturing at? like a frost of like snowflakes. It's like descended on top of the loaf. It's just. Oh, it's, a, it's the Notting yeah. Hill. It's the Notting Hill yeah. um, uh, market yeah. uh, sequence. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, and I'm Hugh Grant. Now I'm getting chilly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he walks, and I go, oh, "I'm so sorry. Can we get some bread plates?" And and Trixie was there. He like, like roll. I mean, it was like this was a different guy. Oh. Breathed. I was like, oh, he breathed. Oh he breathed. Anyway. So he comes back with one huge plate. <laughs> and I and now I'm mad because now Come it's been on. like 20 minutes. And I go, I'm so sorry. And I was I was polite. Like I wasn't yeah. being like an asshole, but also he's being the That's asshole. Weird, and I said, yeah. Can we get two little plates? And he went, What? The guy worked there. Th- this guy, and he went, What? I go, little bread, like little plates. Little plates yeah. And he looked at me. I'm telling you, I was like, Trixie, am I? What what is going on? There was a there was an elderly woman sitting next to us outside. We were kind of by the window who looked like she had survived at least two major international wars. Okay, she was so old. She had like pain in her eyes. They would not bring her the check for an hour. I looked as she looked inside. She had like a layer of sweat on her upper lip. They would not come outside to her. And eventually she had to hobble with her cane inside to our server to be like, I need the check. It was just, wow. I get it. And I get that they don't work for tips, even though, you know, I usually leave extra anyway. I get that they don't. But like still, I mean, my God, this woman would have. Yeah. It was like 127 hours. I mean, she was just there. That's awful. Nobody was looking for her. Anyway, so then um, we finally got the yeah. bread plates. The food fucking sucked. It was just terrible. Then I go with my friend uh, James on Sunday, and I will call them out by name. Dennis Soho House. I'm not a member. James is. Oh. We go. It wasn't good? Fans. Listen to this. Okay. So I ordered. Let me tell you the problem I've realized. Right. I have moments where I'm like Meg Ryan and When Harry Met Sally, where... I'm not like, I want the pie on the side, but if you can't heat it up, it's not yeah, like yeah. that. But I love dips. I love yeah. a dip. I like, I call it food lube. Let me lube it up. I like it to go down. You, <laughs> you get where I'm coming from, though. Like, your mayos, your ketchups, your yeah. aiolis, your sauces, your dressings, your oils. Yeah, I love actually, it. Actually, yeah, in your kitchen, you, you keep a lot of, like, uh, sauces. Yep. I love yeah. sauce. It is why Absolutely. nothing. Say with me, everyone. <laughs> Nothing fits, Mish. That's the game we should play. Where I try to, I should try on her clothes on stage. Okay, she's like a size two. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) it's not fitting, Dan. It doesn't go on me, Dan. It's not fitting. So wait. So I, I really don't want to drag the story out, even though I know it's happening. But so I ordered. My issue was I ordered. They have like a green lettuce salad, just like baby fucking greens, whatever, with chicken. And I and with the sherry vinaigrette, I said, bring it, but on the side. So make the salad as usual. Then a separate order. I just want a little side of Caesar because what I was worried about uh, is that chicken shows up too dry. Yeah. I like to lube it up in the Caesar and that's how I get it down like a snake. Right. I have people, I know people who hate mayonnaise. They're often quite thin. <laughs> um, and then I know people who love the shit. Yeah. And those are my people. Yeah. 
So I knew it's like, I think that the move when you do that is to wait until you get your salad to order the, the, the dressing on the side. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just to wait to not confuse the kitchen. But nevertheless, that's all I said. Okay. We're sitting there. 15 minutes later comes out and they, oh, also the Soho house, they serve these salads in huge like KitchenAid mixing bowls oh. that you're then expected to like, you know, go in at. <laughs> like a 90 degree <laughs> angle to pluck a single freaking piece of lettuce out there. You I can't go in that. like a normal from the side. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. Hate a high edged bowl. Yes. Give it to me in a low fucking profile bowl or plate. That's right. So wait. So and it's clear. So she brings out this clear glass. It's so unappetizing bowl. And I see that there's like neon orange stuff in it. Mm. And I'm looking at it and I'm going, and they put it down. I'm like, James, like what is I, I my eyes? can't even adjust like what am i looking at yeah. i realized they put salmon in it well i wasn't in a salmon mood what? so i call him back i said i'm sorry What's this the wrong order yeah yeah no problem i always think of jiminy glick oh no problem <laughs> she takes it she takes it away okay i said i ordered grilled chicken and then even though it was completely not my fault you are still made to feel bad when they come when they take that plate away right. there's still an edge yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm sorry to tell you <laughs> right. there is still an edge yeah. i did not i'm right i'm right no, even though it's their right. fault yeah. well yeah there's still blame i think partially placed on the customer so anyway so about five minutes later they bring out a new bowl and when i tell you that they say oh it's not grilled chicken it's like pulled chicken okay when i tell you that they put down in front of me a bowl of some greens with i'm not even being sarcastic gray Gray, not beige, gray Ugh. and dry. Like at one point I looked at it, it looked like someone had taken a shoe and like stepped on it and, and all pulled apart and they put it down in front of me. And I went, James, Why look at this. I, went, I, I was like, look at this. And so because I didn't want to be a problem, because I know everyone listening is like, oh, here she goes again. No, <laughs> I never send food back. I really almost I, don't, I can't remember the last time I've done it yeah. as an example. Like, seriously, I never do it. Yeah. But I'm like, OK, so I take a bite of this chicken. Yeah. And it tastes like fucking fish. It is fish. It's tuna. And I'm like, right? It's not tuna. Okay. It's not tuna. I know what you're thinking. No, no, no. I don't know what was going on. And I go, James, I'm begging you. Please will you taste this? Because I, I feel like they either took chicken and like mashed it up with some. Anyway, he takes a bite of it and he's like, babe, I think that's like trout. Like that's not chicken. It's trout. What? It was so smoky. It tasted like <laughs> smoked. And you know how much I hate that. So now I wave the girl back over oh. and I'm like, really nice. And I go, listen, first of all, I want you to look at this and you tell me it's like your drizzle. Yeah. I go, you tell me. Yeah. This is great. This is great. The color of this meat is great. Is this appetizing to yeah, you? Right, right there. Right. But also, it's really fishy. Like there's it's either fish or it's something with the fish. I don't know. She again, like, <sighs> you know, and she walks away. Okay. She comes back another 10 minutes past in with the same bowl with the same meat in it. And she goes, the chef, who, by the way, at this point had peered out like in the Seinfeld episode when George wouldn't eat the pie, you know, the episode <laughs> right, right, with yeah. the, the Elaine mannequin. Yeah. He had already peeked at me. Anyway, notice that. <laughs> so she goes, the chef wants you to know this is chicken and it's a brand new salad. They didn't, um, you know, this isn't the salmon one. They they used a new one because that's salmon one. By the way, I didn't think it was. Yeah, I just no. think they used the wrong meat. I went, well, right. you know, and the chef would also like you to know that the Caesar salad has uh, anchovy in it. I go, first of all, do you think I'm a fucking <laughs> idiot? Number one, I didn't say that. I hadn't even touched the fucking Caesar dressing. It was still sitting there. I'm like, please, enough gaslighting. Yeah. I go, and I ended up not eating eating the salad i just well, that's I don't gross want it. That well why that. would you want shredded yeah. in a salad like that why would you want a shredded chicken anyway like it's and, a, and it's like yeah 
a fish, a chicken fish. I said that I got, um, what did I say I got? Fish fished. Not catfish, <laughs> fish fished. <laughs> they fish fished me and I was really upset. <laughs> fun thing happened to be Saturday night, though, which was exciting. And I almost, dare I chat about it on the show, but I will because it was kind of a dream. Um, and I also like when I can tell a celebrity story and, like, rave about people. Oh, yeah. Because I can't, I can never tell the ones where they're, like, shitty. Yeah. I got an invite Saturday night to um, Graham Norton's house. Oh, really? I'm whispering it. Hi, did I not tell you? Oh, how cool. No. So I know them. And so, and of course I've met Graham before and he's done, yeah. you know, our, my radio show before. And, uh, you know, that he's my idol. I mean, my God, like it does for me, yeah. it doesn't get bigger than Graham. Like he's the, I think the funniest living person, like he's great. Yeah. He's the best. So I got a text like, Oh, little dinner. Now the pressure to figure out what to wear to this dinner. Cause I knew no details about it. I just knew that it was like at his house. Mm. That was it. I didn't know who's coming. I didn't want to ask because it's a rude question to ask. I also don't yeah, know him like that. Right. So I can't be like, who's going to be there? Oh, like, no, no, no. no. Yeah, right. You shut the fuck up and you show up. So I, at first was going to wear this like really kind of slutty. I actually might wear it Friday. Uh, Fashion Nova, gorgeous dress that I got, but it's like so much look. I thought maybe there would be like drag queens there. Right yeah, now. well, you like don't 20. know. Yeah. I didn't know. I, you know, he hosts that Queens of the Universe. So yeah. I thought maybe if they're going to be drag queens, I want to come with like a little sparkle, you know? Right. So I put the sparkle dress on a different one, actually. And I looked like um, someone who was going to Las Vegas for the first time. I, like really wanted, like, today's the day, you know, put <laughs> yeah, this dress right, on. Right. I like a, an <laughs> asshole. So I removed that and I ended up putting on a, a little Valentino number that I have Ooh. that, thank fucking God, still zips on me. That is a true miracle. Anyway, <laughs> made my way out there and uh, it was like an intimate dinner with, and this is, a, I, I am bragging, I know. And, I, and let me brag about this because... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm like not playing the game right by talking about it. Do you know what I mean? It's just between you and me. Uh, Don't you remember when Connie Chong interviewed Newt Gingrich's mom and she was just between you and me? What do you think of Hillary Clinton? And she's like, oh, she's a bitch or something. Like it was was a big. No. It sucked. Yeah. That was a 90s thing that happened. By the way, don't you remember when uh, Newt Gingrich's mom was interviewed by Connie Chung? That, if we could fit that into the title, I would make that the title of the show. Don't you you remember Connie, Ms. Gingrich? Come on, get with it. <laughs> no, but basically it was, it was I, I say this for the fans of Drag Race out there because I know that a lot of people, there is a crossover. Yeah. The Venn diagram is probably a circle. Um, so it was uh, Trixie Leland, Graham, his lovely husband, me, uh, Tom Campbell, who was one of the EPs of Drag Race. Oh, and fun. then Vanessa Williams. Really? Her, Yes. Wow. She's a judge on the show. Her stunningly beautiful, lovely daughter hmm. and Michelle Visage. And I got to say. Wow. I was excited. And, That's you know, fun. I was. And I got to say also. You know, sometimes when you meet like strong women, I say this as a strong fellow, strong woman, it can really go one of two ways. They can either be like literally the fucking best person you've ever met in your life. Or like if they give you any attitude, they can also be like the kind of person who's like not warm. You know, Mm. when I tell you they are the most fun, hilarious, girly girl, like, you know, we Uh, were at the end of the night. It was all the girls just talking and gossiping and like drinking wine. (laughs) I had the best time with them. Vanessa such a class act. The both uh, of them are really. They're they're just. I don't know. For me, it was like really nice to meet 
these women who I've like admired for such a long time and who I love and who are so fun. And yeah. then they were just like, they were like girl, old girlfriends. Like, oh, let's just go. We need to go out and like drink and like talk. Some oh, shit, that's so you know? awesome. That's so great. It was great. That's I know. Fun. I want Michelle. I want both of them to do the pod. Actually. I love them. Oh, both. Yeah. Please. Um, so thank you, Graham. Thanks for having me. But it was so fun. And thank God, by the way, I did not wear that other dress because everybody there was like, there. it was so casual. You know, the guys, some people were like in jeans, like sweaters. Even yeah. with what I was wearing, it was like, oh, she really, she really <laughs> thought this was going to be something. <laughs> Which, you know, it's always better to be a little overdressed than underdressed. But yeah. nevertheless, um, I guess that's it. All right. But Dan, I want to wish you the safest trip. I cannot wait to see you. Dan is staying with me. Right? We're going to have a sleepover. Yeah. I, can't I don't know about you, but I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm on the couch. You're going to sleep. You're going to sleep right here. Wait, look. Ooh. I'm on your bed. That's my crotch right on your bed. It looks, I'll put a sheet down for you. <laughs> it looks great. What? It looks comfortable, actually. It's really not bad. I promise you that. I've slept on it. Uh, but listen, adore you. Safe travels. And our guest today, by the way, is a podcaster comedian. She is so much fun. Ashley Ray, you're going to love her. She, You know what I like to say? She's one of us. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, she's one of us. Here she is. I'm already going to say that she's arguably the most patient guest we've had <laughs> maybe all year she, she just had to watch me put together it reminded me like incentive of a woman when al pacino is assembling his rifle i had to put all my podcasting materials together and she sat so patiently uh. she is a comedian a podcaster has a brand new podcast um and it's tv i say with ashley ray yeah I love the title. Oh, thank you. And uh, this is an Earwolf podcast. You're also performing all over. I want to talk about your stand-up. You studied East German film. Maybe we should open with that. Ashley Ray. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. Hi. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so happy to meet you. And I feel every time I have a guest who's in L.A., as um, I'm going to sound so annoying, as an empath, you know, I'm saying that jokingly, <laughs> I feel the heat. I feel the heat. What's happening there? Oh, it's, it's so, so hot. You can't tell because I'm wearing a hoodie, but that's because I have... So I have the, just the air blasting in my apartment, but it's <laughs> yes, connect. like yesterday was when it started to cool off. And I like asked my little Google thing. I was like, Hey, what's the weather today? And she was like, in LA, it's 90 degrees. And I was like, Oh wow. It's cooling off. Look at that. <laughs> and I just, I didn't believe it was that. I just was kind of like, Oh, you know, it's hot, whatever. And then the last four days, it's been impossible to go outside. It You can't breathe. It's just, yeah. yeah. I grew up in Miami where the heat and the humidity combined made it so that when you walked uh, outside in summer, it was like you couldn't, like you said, you couldn't even breathe the air. It was like walking into soup or some sort of horrible experiment um, where we just went from our, it was like biosphere. We would go from our homes, which had air conditioning, so yeah. we'd be all bundled up into our cars, to the mall, to dinner. Like we were just basically never outside. And I kind of grew up like that. I think it's one of the reasons I'm not an outdoorsy person Yeah, is because I just never had access to the outdoors that was bearable. Yeah. It's just too much. I, I don't, I came from Chicago to LA. So at first I was like, oh my gosh, this is a dream world. I'll never go back to the cold again. Yeah. And now I'm just like, <laughs> I'd give anything for a nice crisp fall day. <laughs> 
Oh my God. I, as you can see, I'm in a mock turtleneck. I'm, I'm in my mom and Sean's look today because I'm in London and I'm living in this fantasy world where it's cold here because it hits September. Yeah. But it's so fucking muggy outside and it's raining here too. So oh. everybody, the Brits don't know how to do mugginess. Like the, everyone's hair looks like shit. No one looks good today. Everyone looks like newborn yeah. baby face. And that's just what we're dealing with. But I think we both look great. Yeah. We're, we look amazing. We're killing it. Yeah. Uh, Given the circumstances, Ash, may I call yeah. you Ash? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Cool kids call me Ash. East German film. Well, that's me. East yeah. German film. Walk me through every moment of that. Uh, what was the movie? <laughs> I, what even is it? I don't even know what it is. And I yeah, tell me uh, I, I studied film and television in college. And I also majored in German and German history. Wow. I, just, I love languages. I always wanted to study Swedish because I was obsessed with Ingmar Bergman's films. Uh, but my college didn't teach Swedish. So I was like, well, if I take German, it is the closest I can get. And then when I take Swedish later, it'll be very easy. Uh, but instead, I ended up falling in love with German and just like studying that all four years. Uh, and when I went to live in Hamburg, uh, I studied at the University of Hamburg. They have an amazing like film department there, film program. Uh, and that's where I really got into East German film because, you know, I think there's there's like a stereotype of it just being this dark time, East Germany, everything, you know, was Soviet, nothing fun or beautiful happens. And mm -hmm. there was this very like underground queer cinema scene that, you know, had to kind of be hidden. Uh, but a lot of those films were saved and eventually made their way to West Germany. Uh, and so I, I just fell in love with it. These like daring directors and stuff who, who just were like, and, and they're very gay game. Like, these came out. I was going to yeah. ask how gay Super I want to know. Gay. Make like, me fall in love with Germany. Like, cause I, I always say that the Germans don't have a sense of humor. Now, to be fair, I'm a survivor of four or survivor. I'm a granddaughter of four survivors. I survived my mother who was raised by a survivor. Okay. So it's all the generational yeah. trauma stemming from the war. And when I go to Germany, I always have a bet with friends that I'll give them $5 if they find me one child laughing. Yeah. <laughs> like, just find me one kid having fun, and it's five bucks, and you just won't find it. So no. I'm curious, are these like, no. and, and the, is it like cabaret? Or, I'm not sure kind of feeling it is with like, films. It is very joyful. I wouldn't say funny, oh. but it is very much like, you know, you see the joy of people existing in underground queer bars and you know, people coming out of the closet for the first time. That's a big narrative, you know, because it, mm -hmm. it was very difficult to do there. But they all are, I mean, they're super gay, like gayer than American gay movies. Like you're you're getting makeouts, you're getting sex. That's all real. But wow. it, it's still very like real. Sad. Yeah, it's still it all always still ends. And yeah, Germans are operating on a whole other level. Yeah, they had to <laughs> separate. They could never be together like they and you know, then one went west and they never crossed again. And so it is like it I for me, it was shocking because I was like, wow, I didn't know that people made things this gay like back in the early 80s. Oh, I'm picturing it from like the 50s. This is the 80s. Oh, yeah, yeah. I could see 80s in my mind the entire time we were talking about it, because truly I have zero knowledge of any of it. I was like, oh, my God. I was picturing like 1952 yeah. <laughs> hot closeted Germans just going for it. And I thought, I actually, that sounds like fun. But the 80s to yeah, me makes yeah, a little yeah. more it's sense. More it's more 70s, Berlin. 80s. Yeah, it's when it, oh, it's okay. before we had the that Berlin clocks. Wall fall. But it's like, you know, when it was pretty thoroughly soviet still you know West but after Germany, but studio 54 yeah you know after there was already like a big movement i guess at yeah. least the western movement 
for fun gay things. Yeah, and most of uh, Germany had been rebuilt by this point, too. So they were like, oh, we actually have, like, places we can go and have underground clubs and, like, bunkers were turned into, like, uh, like uh, underground gay bar. Yeah. <laughs> like- By the way, if your master's thesis was not called From Bunkers to Bathhouses, <laughs> I'll be upset. It wasn't. <laughs> the queer, it should have been, Ashley. It really should have been. It really should have been. I kind of, re- I think they should take the degree back now because I missed a clear opportunity. I don't want to say it, but I'm happy you did. And I think yeah. we should go from there. But did you ever see a film, a modern movie, though? And I always tell people about it because it's phenomenal, called The People versus Fritz Bauer. No, I don't think so. It's an incredible story based on a true story of the guy uh, who found Eichmann in um, Germany. Like he was a German uh, Jew who was put in there secretly gay. Wow. You'll love it. Yeah. And he uh, he has like a wife in Copenhagen. She's like Bonnie from Waiting for Guffman. She's like, hi. Yeah, I'm busy. All right. Bye. It's her whole part. <laughs> but anyway, it's a great film and it's based on a true story. I think you would enjoy it. And no one has seen it. I'm always like, how did I manage to get the three screenings of this? Yeah. You would have because German films are your thing. Yeah. Unbelievable. I, I really I'm shocked that I haven't seen this, honestly, or even heard of it. But I, I don't, when did it come out? Uh, five years ago, four years ago. So you can watch yeah. it on Apple Plus. It's a great movie. Okay, I'm checking it out because that's like my window. I was like, is Daniel Bruhl in I it? He's my guy. Fucking love Daniel Bruhl. I feel like he's in it. Oh, okay, fine. I'll do oh, that. I love him so much. I love that Daniel <laughs> Bruhl. I mean, Inglorious Bastards, yeah. speaking of yeah. one of the best movies ever. But let's talk about Hamburg, though, for yes. a minute because I'm shocked to hear, and you seem seriously like so smart, you're funny. <laughs> Why would you go, of all the German cities in the world, you have Berlin is fun. I happen to like well, Munich, weirdly. I know. Yeah, Munich is cool. Why Hamburg? Uh, Munich is fun. Yeah, I. so I did a study abroad program and basically I like my professors were like, Ashley, the way Germany works, just enroll directly at any school. Like you don't need to do a program, just go and enroll in like Berlin Universität and study. That's all. And I was just like, that sounds hard. I was like, I don't want to fill out paperwork <laughs> and try to fit. I'm like that too. Yeah. I was like, yeah. no, that's, they were like, yeah, you'll have to do it. But I was like, no. And I was like, but did you know Smith College has a program? And if I do it, they'll just do all the paperwork and hard parts. And then I just go to oh. the school. So I did Smith College's program and they only have it in Hamburg. So. <laughs> okay. Say no more. By the way. Yeah. A hundred percent understand. Say no more. Yeah. Yeah. I do think that like Hamburg is like Chicago to Germany. And as someone from Chicago, I I could relate to Hamburg as like the smaller big city that people didn't respect. Well, okay. The only reason why I'll allow it is, in my opinion, is all that counts, obviously. Yes. I'm joking. <laughs> is because of the form excuse. You, like the easiest, I'm a Cancerian. I don't, I have claw hands. We can't even hold a pen. Yeah. I can't fill, the, fill a format. I can't do any of that. I'm a Sagittarius. And, I can't pay attention to anything. I uh, Huh? What? No, of course not. The truth is, how are we even getting through this? (laughs) How are we even sitting here right now? It is impossible for me. And actually, I studied in Budapest, um, also in college, where it was the same thing, where it was the one program where it was you signed a piece of paper. Yeah. And then I just went to Budapest. Great decision. I loved it there. Loved it. Uh, It was much less, much less Nazi-ish then than it is now, because now it's quite Nazi-ish. Yes. But when I went, I had a friend who was dating a German gynecologist as one does. Mm. And uh, she said, come to Hamburg. I'm living here. Great. I buy my flight, Ash. I get there. Two days before I'm getting there, she goes, uh, by the way, he has a gynecology conference in Dresden. So I'm not going to be here. But I'll have some people pick you up. I was like, gynecology conference in Dresden? Dresden? Like, what? what? 
Talk about Eastern German film. Was that one of the movies you studied in the 80s? No. (laughs) Conference in Dresden. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. The longer the short is, there are friends who picked us up because I convinced a friend to come because I was like, the fuck am I going to do there by myself? Yeah. Told us not to go. Famous story that there is a famous miniature museum in Hamburg. Yes. Did you go? Yes, I did. You went? I went, yeah. This is, I've waited, however long I've been doing this podcast, I have waited to have a guest on who has been... (laughs) to this fucking miniature museum. I, Ashley Ray. I mean, first I did the Smith College program. So the Smith College, like, and, and honestly, <laughs> I regret it. I do wish I had just done my own thing because this program every day was just like a new activity. They were like, today we're going to okay. the Marzipan Museum. Today we're doing this. And That's you just fun. had to do it. Sure. I'm not a big group activities person. I'm very yeah. like... Just give me an itinerary. I'll do it. You know, I'll go to the places. I'm here for a year. But it, this place was very like, no, we all go together. We're going to the miniature museum. We're going I hate to. That. Yeah. <laughs> like every no, I hate single that. I'm thing. Like you. I also give me my space. Yeah. Like we're in class together all fucking day. All long. day. Like, give me a minute. Yeah. And it, all, it was breathe. like yeah. a strict language program. You were only allowed to speak English for like two hours a week. Uh, and they would know because these Smith girls, these Smith girls were little cops. They would tell on you. Tell me everything. They'd be, they would you literally know, be Barnard. like. I'm a seven sister. I uh, want to point something out before we throw them under the fucking bus. Yeah. I am all for it. Throw them, baby. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I went to Barnard. Yeah. I, did I like it there? I have some issues with it, but you know, it was what it was. But I lo- I want there to be competition yeah. between the sisters. Yeah. Hit me with the Smith goss. What are they, they like? They are little cops. Like you're only allowed to speak English two hours. I was like, who's going to know? Bitches. Who's going to know if I'm in my room talking to my mom on the phone in English? Who's going to know if I'm talking to my boyfriend back home? Who's going to know if I'm watching English TV? And these little girls would literally like go to the head and be like, Ashley was on the phone with her mother. I heard her when she came out to the lounge. She spoke English for exactly 20 minutes. She did not like track this on her English speaking sheet. And I would just be like, are you serious? Like, really? I am actually... <laughs> I am renouncing my sisterhood it, yeah. from the fucking seven sister bitch <laughs> sorority shit. Yeah. Are you kidding? I am like leaving right yeah, now. Yeah, I would get I so... I hate that. And of course, I was like the only... I was the only person who was... who did. Well, actually, there was like one guy who like went to Buckner's, yeah. the Buckley's, and then I went to Williams. We were the only two non-Smith people. Cool. Thank you. And <laughs> we were the only two... <laughs> yeah, cool. mm-hmm. pretty good. <laughs> but they like... <laughs> I was just kind of like, I'm not with you Smith nerds. I can do what I want. I'm going to go to like, you know, hang out in Altona, go to St. Pauli, go to cool things. And they would literally just be like, we were out at a bar with Ashley. She spoke English five times. <gasps> but, uh, I am like, I have to like, tell you like, We'd be getting I drunk thought... and they would like snitch on me. I'd be like, we were doing tequila I... shots and you're mad that I spoke English. I want every graduate of Smith who listens to this podcast to know something. Shame on you. Shame on your school. Yeah. I actually, I know it sounds like I'm being dramatic. I'm not kidding because I I really take things personally and I'm like, I'm pissed. They invited me to our 10 year reunion, like the 10 years of us going to, I was like, no, no, I'm not going to this. What? So you can yell at me. Because I don't even remember German now. Like you're like nine, nine, <laughs> nine. I know one word in German. I was like nine. Um, uh, shoes. What uh, fucking bitches? Yeah. Sad lives, by the way. Oh yeah. Sad to even do that. Oh, 
I wish I had been there with you. I want you to know something. I have always seethed about my miniature museum story because the story really is that oh, I yeah. didn't go because this girl's sister said, oh, only the tourists go there. Don't go to it. And I was like, okay. And I didn't, my friend and I were like, well, we're not going to be loser tourists. Yeah. So we didn't go. To this day, I meet someone. Humber comes up. The first thing they miniature say is, oh my museum. God, did you go to the miniature museum? And I, yeah. I blink. You can hear it like SpongeBob, like tink, tink. Like my blinks. <laughs> I go, no, we were told not to go. And it, now your Smith story has superseded my anger. I'm not just saying this about missing the miniature museum. It is a good museum I'm too. I'm angry about that. Yeah. I didn't oh, say that part, but the miniature miss. museum, it is really, really cool. I mean, it's... I'm so pissed. It's Tell everything me about miniature. It. Like the White House and the, the Eiffel Tower. Like <laughs> at, there's a little mini no. Hamburg, like a mini, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the red light district, the Reeperbahn. Uh, sounds horrible I, I did it. go to that place yeah that's like the yes, other yes, big yes. tourist thing which I've yes, there we so did. many that's where most of my Hamburg stories are from <laughs> Uh, (laughs) we were there during Christmas so it was just Christmas markets and then when you went to the uh, red light district they were just selling dicks but it was the same booth set up and everyone was just selling big old cocks I was like oh "Oh, yeah I love Germany that's why they made those queer weird movies because they're like they're they're not afraid of sexuality in the way that Americans are like they peddle titties and dicks and yeah you can literally walk through the red light district and just be like that girl in the window please like and it's me like so mad that I didn't go to the museum I was thinking wouldn't it be funny they should have a miniature me in the miniature museum shaking my head going nope no not not coming here like (laughs) it's it's still five feet tall it is was really cool i like it was one of the things that stuck with me from living in hamburg is that's how like great it was yeah you kind of you know you're rubbing it in but honestly i I deserve it i i want you to know the Smith College story, those narc bitches. Yeah. And I am going to come for them. Listen, I'm no, a feminist, but I'll also call you, you a fucking should. bitch. Like, I, was, I hated uh-uh. those girls. I, by the end of the, pro- end of the program, I wasn't even, I wouldn't even talk to them. I was no. just like, I hate all these nerdy Smith girls. I just, I'm a cool kid. <laughs> I just like, I was like the only, I'm like, they're trying to like find people who sell pot in the park. I'm like, and all these Smith <laughs> girls are just like, we're going to the opera tonight. And I'm like, I think I found a pot dealer in St. Pauli. So... <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm actually playing out this whole scenario. Like, who would I have been friends with? And the sad thing is I would have been at the opera. I know that about myself. Like, I wouldn't yeah. have narked on you because I'm not a fucking psychopath. Yeah. But I was I was dorky. Like, yeah. I would go, you know. I was hoping there'd be, like, one girl who's, like, dorky, but kind of, like, chill still. And no. So yeah. I most of my friends yeah. I made were, like, actual German students who were like, can we speak English? Because I want to learn English. And I would just be like, great, this is perfect. And that's amazing. And wait, did your boyfriend come visit you when you were there? Because I imagine those girls also lost their shit. When oh, yeah, I right? he did. And like, yeah, and I on. like I, I <laughs> he was my actually he was my fiance. I got engaged when I was a sophomore oh. in college, which uh, don't do that if you're listening. A lunatic. Don't. Yeah, she's a lunatic. So our guest today is an absolute lunatic. Yeah. How did you meet him in school? Or uh, we met in high school. Uh, yeah, basically, like I went to this fancy private school. He went to like the worst public school in our area. And somehow we like met at a concert and just like, yeah, he would like he would come to my school and I would go to his school and just hang out in high school. Like I would just be like, I'm just going to go take classes at, at Auburn today so I can just hang out with you. <laughs> That's and, cute, though. That's like got a nice energy to it. Yeah. I but then, you know, I went to college in Massachusetts and he stayed in Illinois and mm-hmm. I was, we decided to stay together. And then sophomore year he proposed and I was like, of course, he is soulmate, stupid. I'm an idiot. I have the brain function of a 19 year old 
And we did stay together all four years. And then he came to stay with me the summer before senior year. And it wasn't just like, come visit. It was like, you're my fiance. You're going to stay here for months. Like he finished his semester and like just came to stay with me in Germany for like three months. I lived in a very tiny dorm room, like just a regular twin size bed. Like, (laughs) Like there was a desk, very tight very not not enough space for a couple to be happy together and I like wasn't allowed to bring him to program events so when they would be like oh we're going to this museum we're doing this they'd be like well no you can't bring him (laughs) so he would just like have to sit at my place a lot yeah I hate this program Ugh. we like fought every day uh at the end oh no did you break up there no we went to so I was also very into Ingmar Bergman movies and we went to Mm -hmm. to Sweden for the, the annual Bergman fest uh and they hold it on the island of Faro which is where Ingmar Bergman went to live he like hated people so he found this island off the coast of an island off the coast of Sweden that is inhabited by like like 50 people. It's just 50 people and Ingmar Bergman. Wow. He built a massive house there and then he died. It's where he shot like Persona, all of these like very angsty movies. And we go there, we're staying in like this cabin and it was like an Ingmar Bergman movie. It was like scenes from a marriage. We were just like arguing and fighting every day. Oh, no. I'm like sobbing on the beach. It was just, I, yeah, it beautiful. was. Yeah. That's actually beautiful. What I'm picturing is Midsommar. Yeah. Like, I'm just picturing like, oh, beautiful blonde. Like, the Swedish people to me are problematically attractive. Like, yes. I feel like I'm a garbage person. Like, yeah. I, I feel like I crawled out of a hole when I go there. Like, okay, why am I even looking yeah. at you? But I mean, I feel like um, a little troll because I'm also, they're all so tall. I'm like, I like, I'm like, I oh. come up to their hips and I'm like, why are you all eight feet tall here? See, that's where I blend because I'm six foot one. Yes. So for me, being in Nordic countries for me is a blessing because I don't feel watched in the same way that I do like in any other place. Basically, I was in Italy for two months where, you know, everyone looks like Roberto Benigni, like they're tiny teensy. So that Italy wasn't for me. Couldn't do it. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, though, about and when did you break up with him? Was it on the island? No, or no we after? came back. We didn't break up until a week before I graduated from college. <gasps> we literally stayed together wow. for another year, just like. And it just blew up by senior year where I was like, I have, I'm a different person. I have like different friends. We're different people. And I, I ended it. You kept in touch or no? No, no. Cause I, it was kind of a bad breakup because I, one of the big things was that, uh, you know, he was going to this college that was like an hour away and I went to visit him one day and they were like having a bonfire, which they did all the time. We're hanging out and I couldn't find him. I was like, where did he go? And <laughs> Uh, one of his friends was like, oh, he's uh, over in the meth circle. Like he was just hanging oh. in the meth hut. And I was like, the what? <laughs> and they're like, that's the meth hut where all the townies do meth. And I'm just like, what? And they're like, yeah. They're like, he what, does. What he's lovely. Hang, yeah, they're like, he hangs there all the time. You didn't know that? Like, yeah, go. And I go over and I'm like, oh, you do bad drugs that's sad like yeah and so that's actually sad yeah 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 you see the whole thing is when you brought up reunions before and not going back to that smith reunion i am also very reunions in general are very i don't want to use the word triggering because it's overused but they bring up a lot of emotions right and a lot of anxiety i think and especially when at least for me with my college reunion and uh, ashley i'm older than you so i had my 20 year reunion this year my 10 years next year (laughs) Ah, see, so you're 11 years there, although I skipped a grade, so you're only 10 years, but, um, but don't I look great? Yeah. Don't I look great? You're shocked. Ah, thank you. So 
the point is, though, my school reached out to me. Actually, who cares about this? I just realized. But my school reached out to me. They wanted money. It's all money, 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 yeah, money. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck these schools. Fuck your ex. I hate everybody. I want to talk about TV. I want to talk about life. Yeah. Because, Ashley, as much as we're getting into all of these moments and your podcast, which I want everyone right now to download, TV I Say with yes. Ashley Ray. TV I Say with Ashley Ray. And just like download it anywhere, wherever you listen to this, listen to Ashley <laughs> 100%. Can we please, for a moment, unpack and I hope that by Thursday my fear is is that when the show comes out it will be old hat because of how the way the news cycle moves and like no one will care but two minutes on the don't worry darling premiere in Venice because where to begin it is you know I was trying to think about uh earlier today what I could compare this to where every single person is fighting where and I have a story about Olivia Wilde that I'm going to share on uh, I'll share it with you in a second but Where everyone is fighting, two people are clearly fucking. There's yeah. there's been a cheating scandal. There's a tension scandal. What did he spit? I mean, was it set up? You know. Anyway, yeah, I can I just give a 10 second backstory. So many thoughts. 10 second so backstory. Thoughts. Don't worry, darling. The new Olivia Wilde directed film with Florence Pugh. How do you say it? Pugh. Pugh. And uh, Pugh. No one else. Oh. <laughs> and from now we can just call her like Miss Flow. That's I think what Miss Flow, honey. Miss Flow. <laughs> I got mine on Sunday. I felt the energy when she showed up in that purple suit. I'm like, Miss Flo is Miss Flo. Is that, all yeah. us. that was a Miss Flo look. Like, oh, head to toe, she's Miss Flo. Harry Styles, our friend Nicole is in it. All these people. Uh, yeah. And the thing was that, you know, Olivia clearly cheated on Jason. We don't know. Listen, I've heard bad things about Jason too, for what it's worth. Me too. I'm sure you have, you know. Things happen. I get it. But there's just so much tension. And it all kind of came to a head yesterday in Venice. Now, when people listen to this, so Monday in Venice at the uh, film festival, where do you even begin? Should we start? What do we want to begin with? Do we want to start with Harry Styles' quote about going to the movies because movies are movies? Let's start there because I mean, that I think that that sets us up for this Harry Chris Pine dynamic. Because as Harry's going on and on about what I like about the movies is that they should be seen in the movies as a movie. And when I'm acting, I don't know what it is, but I like that I am acting. And as he's just going (laughs) on and on, Chris Pine has a look on his face that is just like, I wish I could be teleported anywhere but here. How did I end up in this situation? He just looks like, just don't let anyone know that you think this is the dumbest thing you've ever heard. Do not move your face. Do not move your face. Like, I... You know, his eyes... It's it's a full frozen moment. And yeah. I also think it's worth mentioning that Chris Pine has debuted his new look as a ladies golf commentator. <laughs> like he is he's serving Mary Carrillo. He's serving like real sports with Brian Gumbel, you know, yes. out there on the field doing things. I actually think he looks there's a picture of him where it does look like he has horse hooves because he's not wearing shoes and he's his brown leather loafers on and it's Bojack. Like if you look at it, it's there are no yeah, feet there. Yeah. It's the whole thing. But um, we go from that. And my thing with Harry is I think he has a bit of Britney in him, which is that he was just not educated. Like he's, he's oh, someone yeah. who grew up yeah. in the spotlight. They didn't have teachers. He has no reason to be smart. I think no reason sweet. at all. Sweet guy. But like what? You think they were reading books in one direction? No, like that's not his job. No, he doesn't even know right to left, left to right. Yeah. Is, is it Hebrew? Is it English? He doesn't know which direction he's going. No, that's yeah. first. We get to Florence and we know that Florence and Olivia, 
I think they don't speak. They, it seems like they, yeah, they don't speak. They showed up at different times. They like put a lot of distance between each other. As soon as the screening was over, Florence was the first one. She immediately like got up and left. Like she did not want to even talk to anyone. So, and, and it seems like because of all of the stuff with Olivia, like leaking messages and uh, all of that with mess Shia. with Shia. And him leaking it. Yeah. That's and Sh- but I kind of was like, you know what? Like Shia is going to like punch back because she tried to, you know, I think she thought she could promote the film by being like, well, we didn't want to work with an abuser. And so I believe in believing women and standing up and blah, blah, blah. And she tried to do that as a promotional tactic, not because she actually meant it. And that just opened it up That's for it. Shia to be like, uh, actually, <laughs> yeah, actually, you were begging me to stay in your movie. Um, and it's like, if you're going to do that, come on. Yeah. Yeah. She deserves. I got to say this. I had an experience with her. I talked about this on my Sirius show, but I'm now willing to put it out also on the podcast because Sirius is like a protected show. You have to pay for it. I want the people to hear the story for free, which is that when I was on The View, rest in peace, many years ago, not to brag, Ashley, it lasted about eight to 10 minutes. I remember my mom watches The View. She was she was very excited. Oh. She was like, I remember her. Oh, is that true? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's nice. Tell your mom to say hi. I can always tell when someone knows me from The View because they fall into a very particular age and gender bracket. <laughs> like when people give me a look, I'm like, oh, they watch morning television and it's lovely. It's a gift. Yeah. Anyway, Olivia came on as a guest and I was excited. This was a before Booksmart. She was promoting a movie called, I had to look it up, Meadowland. Oh, Have you heard of it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Have this you? one. I'm in shock. I, I mean, I remember it. I couldn't tell you what it's about, but I do know she like had that movie. So she comes on the show. Obviously, she's one of these women. They're so beautiful that it's like they're almost grotesque, you know, where it's like you're so pretty. Yeah. It's like I get it. <laughs> yeah. Like you can you can stop. You can calm down. And she can get away with pretty much whatever behavior she wants to. But what bothers me about her is I think she thinks she's a cool girl when in actuality she's yeah. a Smith girl. She's a and Smith we're gonna girl. Get to that in a minute. There it is. She's a Smith there girl, honey. Yep. Yeah. She shows up. It all comes back to those smith cunts yeah in fucking hamburg i'm obsessed with. Them. i mean okay. yeah that's she totally would have snitched on me she is a snitch listen so she comes on and i actually watched the film i think Whoopi and i were the only two who watched it and if you know me at all i never did the homework <laughs> ever my whole thing is i can be like love the film and come up with some bullshit anyway i actually watched it and i liked it it's about this uh married couple their child very sadly passes away and how they deal with the grief and everything else and i thought it was you know not amazing but i didn't hate it I won't say what the other host thought, but let's just put it this way. I was the only one who liked it. Okay, (laughs) So she comes there and I'm like, oh, I'm actually I did the homework. I'm going to be nice. And I said to the audience and to her, I go, you know, Olivia, I watched the film and it's you can see this somewhere. It exists. I said, it's a great movie. It's moving. It's joyous. It's depressing. It blah, blah, blah. I'm doing the talented Mr. Ripley. Like, you know, adjective rundown of the things I felt while watching this movie. Uh, It just feels so important. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was so proud. I'm like, I have words that actually (laughs) relate to the plot. So anyway, she leaves her publicist or who knows who calls that she was pissed that I used the word depressed. Like when I was rattling off these words about the film. Yeah. That I said depressing. Ashley Ray, a kid dies in the fucking film. Yeah. It's like saying Schindler's List is depressing. It's depressing. I'm sorry. It's depressing. People sometimes like that. Yeah. It's a fucking depressing movie. I mean, I had to march my fucking fat ass back into the view the next day and apologize to her on the air. 
Can you imagine? You had to apologize. I had to apologize, yes, to Olivia Wilde on the air for saying that the movie was depressing. This movie that, by the way, nobody saw except for me and Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. Okay. We're the only two people who saw that fucking movie. And I thought Whoopi also thinks it's depressing. That's not even, Whoopi didn't like it. I'll say it. I don't give a fuck anymore. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Okay. She didn't like it. But I, and I had to apologize to her. And I remember always feeling like, what kind of a psychopath oh my would make gosh. me? And I'm like, that is Smith girl behavior. Smith, Smith girl behavior. Girl. She's ratty. She's snitching on you for being like, she's on her depressing. <laughs> and it's like, it's not even about me. I'm doing it like for her benefit. Like, so she can learn. <laughs> like, that's how they always yes. spin it. Oh my God. You clocked her yeah. great. That is exactly it. Thank you for letting me tell you that. Yeah. But I have not liked just since. And I saw Booksmart. I like Booksmart. I like Booksmart. I yeah. saw Beanie on stage. Booksmart was good. But I'll tell you this, she got what's coming to her. I'm just going to say it. I'm like, you know what? You saw Beanie on stage in Funny Girl? On Funny Girl. I I didn't know everything. I didn't know everything. Because I obviously, (laughs) I got my tickets for Leah. I got my tickets for Leah. (laughs) When are you going? I'm going too. Tell me October. I think I'm going the (gasps) weekend before that. Oh my God. I also have tickets. It's like part of my New York dates. Yeah. I'm going to New York for some shows. So yeah. (laughs) I'll let you know because I am so excited. (laughs) Me too. And by the way, I famously had a tense story with Leah Michelle. So if Olivia Wilde hears this, no, I'll still come see her movies. Like, I'm yeah. going to see Don't Worry, Darling. Oh, I'm seeing Don't Worry, sure. Darling, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm definitely seeing it. So I'm giving you my money. I just am going to be honest about you making me apologize. Just putting that out there. Now, Beanie was Beanie. I left at intermission. I went home. Oh. But I like her. I love I her. Be. I love Beanie. I, I know. love her. And everything. She. I loved her in Impeachment, uh, American Horror or American oh, Crime Story Impeachment. Monica, I thought she was incredible. Yeah, she was incredible in that. I thought she should have got a nomination. But Funny Girl? Sorry, that's Leah's role. That's Leah's. That It was always hers. It should have been hers. I, I was a big Glee person, and this was I a dream Glee. come true oh. for me. Like, I was like, our girl did it. <laughs> like, she did it, finally. Like, that is still Rachel Berry to me, so... <laughs> No, you know what? You're actually making me feel excited about my tickets. Like see, watching like, you get happy about it. I'm feeling happy. I'm like, I get yeah. to see her too. Like I'm so excited. Like I remember <laughs> the first time Glee made me cry. And it's when she does her big performance of Don't Rain on My Parade. And she like comes through the oh. crowd. Oh, I got goosebumps. Oh. And I was like, I have it now. Yeah. I have goosebumps now thinking yeah. about it. I pull it up on my Spotify for people sometimes. Yep. I go, I go, you want to hear some talent? I did it for my friend Dave in Greece. Yeah. We listened to her Anta Barbara's version. She absolutely fucking kills that she song. Kills I mean, it. it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's she just it. no, she no, it's her it's like she's been singing it since she was in the womb. It is her song. It is that is her role. Like when they they did put out that little like teaser video, and as soon as like you see, I just got the goosebumps again. I was like, here we go. She's doing it. Like <laughs> and here's I'm my, so, here's my note about Funny Girl. Here's my note. I just wish they would condense it down to like a 25 minute long musical. Like I'm True. only there for maybe two songs. Yeah. You yeah. know, so it's almost like how lame is now got smart. Cause I love lame is Rob favorite musical and they've condensed the whole show now into a concert here yeah. in London. So they're all still dressed up like peasants, but then you go and there's no dialogue. Yeah. You don't need that part. You know what's happening. Come on. I need the fucking dialogue for it. that's the runaway cart. There's a little broom. Yeah. I get it. I don't need all the middle stuff. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm excited. I actually feel excited for you now. I feel excited that you get to see her. I, <laughs> it's so fun. It really feels like a dream come true. Like I was obsessed with Glee, just obsessed with what it. What about that Glee? Can we talk? Can we unpack a little bit? 
I don't know. It was How just sad. Glee has like the SNL curse in a way, except it's even darker than that. Yeah, actually, I was like just crying on the street yesterday because I walked past some bakery like on Fairfax. And I guess it's where Naya Rivera got her cake made when she Oy. like had her baby shower. And they have this giant picture of her outside, like looking at the cake pregnant. And I just like started bawling. I was like, <laughs> like, why? And she, by the way, she was the best. See, I'm very fair. Yeah. She was so sweet. Did you meet her? She's the nicest, I funniest, met, pretty. She had it all. Yeah. I got to meet her one time. Uh, they did like a, like a Gleek, like meet thing. Oh my God. Here we go. It was like one of those, glee, it was like, a <laughs> I didn't glee, expect this. Yeah. I, I didn't expect this. Go. Like I said, I was obsessed with the show in high school. It came out like when I was like a junior, senior they did like a meet and greet thing in Chicago. And I went with my friends because I was just like, I just want to meet him. And it was like, uh, Leah wasn't there as she's probably too famous. Uh, it was like, yeah. it was like Naya, Heather Morrison, uh, Artie and... Uh, oh, I love Artie. Artie. And then, oh, the one kid who like could dance cool. But then also the one guy was there who got in trouble later, Puck. Uh, the guy who well yeah. he's also dead now by he's the way he's also yeah. dead now but well yeah. that that puck thing i mean not to like go super dark but it's worth mentioning that it really is like as much as leah gets shit and she gets so much shit and i'm sure a lot of it is very deserved yeah. and i'm sure her behavior has been but honestly the what she has been through with that show in yeah. my opinion is she got it way worse on the end you know like yeah. the boomerang came back way worse and i feel like you know what let her have her moment. Yeah. She's also, been through some shit. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. people also like forget and overlook like how much her and Corey were truly, truly in love and like had talked about having children. And like when he died, hmm. I do think that radically like changed who she was and how she operated in the world. That's interesting. Yeah. Did you ever go to that karaoke? Not to like, uh, no, <laughs> not to talk about something fun, but did you ever go to the karaoke place? <laughs> Enough about this death. Enough about pedophiles. There's a karaoke place in oh. Little Tokyo that has a Glee book. They have all the Glee versions yes. of songs. Do you know this yes. place? Yes. The best. Yes. Ah. Yes. And I absolutely, it's- I absolutely perform Glee <laughs> versions of songs. And my friends were like, we hate you. <laughs> yeah, but you want to know what? They, the arrangements were good. They were good. Uh, their version of a house is not a home. So good. And that's oh. Kristen Chenoweth. Like, uh, you know what I just listened to? Wait a minute. I just had a Glee song come up and I was like, crying because of course I have it on my Spotify also because yeah. I'm a big fucking dork. I don't know. It's funny. It's like how I have like some Adam Lambert songs and I'm like, oh, if, you know, when you put your Spotify in shuffle and it's like, it's like opening up your incognito tab. Like, what the fuck is there? You know, that's how I feel with shuffle. Oh, Jesus. But I st- what were the later seasons like? Because I stopped. Oh, I, I stopped, actually. They I left. I stopped. I think when Darren Chris got there, I was like, OK. I did Darren Chris for a bit. It was like when the main cast started leaving and graduating and they brought in new people like unique. That was yeah. when I stopped watching because I was like, you know, it's, I'm too uh, old for this now. <laughs> that's how I felt, too. Wait, so we talked about Glee. I do want to backtrack, though, because we talked about Don't Worry, Darling, but we didn't talk about the most important question. Do you think right. Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine? Do you think he's This spit? is why you have a podcast. <laughs> this is why you have a podcast is, and everyone is, should listen to Ashley Ray. <laughs> I need to know. I, it's, I've watched the footage slow down so many times. 
I think something obviously connects. Let me tell you something. 1,000% spit. Thank you. Not yeah. even a question. Yeah. Please, you see his cheeks go in, like yeah. the suck in to... The suck in, there's like a the clear reaction. lit movement and the reaction. And Chris Pine is just so... I want that. That movement is so just so I want to study it. How he just like <laughs> is clapping and he stops. He pauses. He looks down and then he just like smiles like did this man just like a disbelief across his face. Like it is. He's just admitted it to that. It has Oscars. made me love him. It's, yeah, it, it's made it me has love made him. me love him. I had no opinion about Chris Pine. I'm, I saw him once at an airport. We made eye contact. I just want to put that out there so everyone listening knows. And I just remember he had kind of a weird walk. Like he had kind of that tight ass walk where it was like a little weird for me. He was on my flight. I love the man so much now based on what, 10 hours of promotion? Just that one day of promotion. I'm like, I love him. When he put his sunglasses on as the movie started so he could take a nap, all of it. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. The best. Like he was just like, I'm... I just, I'm just showing up because I'm supposed to be here. It's in the contract. It, <laughs> and then he gets spit on. And I do think the spit was an accident. No, it was not. I do think it was like an accidental, like, no. you know, sometimes you don't, you're saying something, you don't realize spit flies from your mouth. You're like, you know, and I feel like there, that may have been like an accidental thing. And then maybe Harry saw it, didn't want to acknowledge it, didn't want to admit like, oh, I got, I spit came out of my mouth. This is where our um, flow charts split. I, now, I'm wondering if you're saying this because you're smart and you don't want the One Directioners to come after you, in which case hats off, hats off. And by the way, if they're listening, shut the hell up. Stop. They've been reporting people like all night and morning. Like if you tweet like Harry Styles spit on purpose, they will report your tweets. Okay. Where did they go to college? Smith? Smith. What is with the Smith energy of this show? Of these narcs? What? Yeah. Of these narcs. Why are you... They're reporting people. They're... Listen, I love Harry. I had tickets to see him. He does like very much like lean over. Like it is direct. It isn't like a... And it's not like a lean over to say something. It's like a te- like a lean over to spit. It's, it is a lean over to spit. Like we've all done it. You're walking on the sidewalk. It's a lean to spit. I'm going to add something else. After he sits, he leans, spits, sits. So tense. Like the way that he was even talking to Chris Pine. Yeah. There was a kind of, I'm going to say this, and this is, I'm just comparing it. I'm not saying he was like this. Like a coked up banker energy of like when someone yeah. super coked up gets to a thing, like, hey, yeah. hi, yeah. Uh, how are you? Like tense. Yeah. Like that yeah, kind of attention thing. Neck energy. And what then was that? Also, tense there's the, the seating of Chris between Olivia and Harry which I feel like is intentional. Like someone was like, Chris, you have to sit between these two. You know, and that's because, you know, the, all of the drama of Harry not like admitting that's his girlfriend when he did that interview and being like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm dating anyone. <laughs> and I think, I mean, I think it was like he had to sit there. They made him for optics and then he's forced to sit there and he gets spit on. Like I, the whole, that's what made me wonder what happened there. And here's another question. Who's on whose side? Because this is, do you watch Big Brother or Survivor? Are you into like alliances and things like that or no? I I watched Big Brother back in the day and my friends are trying to get me back into it. And I did Survivor for a long time, but. Huge mistake. You have a TV podcast now. I'm not shaming you on this. I'm saying this as your friend. Okay. You're making a major mistake. I do the entire 90 Day Fiance universe, okay? I understand. I used to do it until I had an after show that ended. And then I thought, if I, I'm a, I'm done. I'm done. That after show was interesting, which we can talk about too. But um, I was always like, you can't have 90 Day Fiance people be live. <laughs> they don't know how to um, be people. They don't know how to 
speak. Steve. And then also the problem was that because I was in uh, people, uh, let's quickly pivot to 90 because yeah. I stopped watching it much like I stopped watching The Bachelor for me it's like the curse of if I get the after show and I work there and then it ends I'm like okay now I'm not getting paid anymore I can't like I get over it yeah you know how is the show these days is it is it worthy or have they gone off the deep end I think it's still worthy depending on which spinoff you're going with they have a new one, 90 Day UK, that I think is great. This is people. Ooh, yeah. it's on the air already? Yeah, yeah. It's in the Discovery Plus app. This is people who want to marry people in England. And it's hilarious because these British people are silly as hell. They're just so silly. Well, like, they're so funny. I'm, that's why I'm here. Not I'm not being filmed for it. I mean, I'm, that's why I'm like doing the European UK thing, because dating here is like worlds better than in yeah. the United States. And like, then if you do marry, so you can get on the show. And also get out of the United States of America. Uh, and then 90 Day Happily Ever After, like, just premiered, and it's tiring. It's done. Like, it's the same people, Jenny and Sumit, like... I can't. Ed, Angela yeah. and Michael, Big Ed. No. I just am... It, that, like, that one is all people I'm sick of. But the main 90 Day Fiance and 90 Day Before the 90 Days and 90 Day Love in Paradise, uh, those are all still very good. Are they? Yeah. Here's my problem with those shows, and I say this... I mean, honestly, I'm thinking pretty much every reality show I feel this about, except for maybe Big Brother and Survivor, is that when they keep these alums on for so long and when the yeah. format doesn't change and when you keep a couple things happen. One is you obviously get the people in it for the fame and for the cameras, right? Like, whereas yeah. the early seasons are always people who actually are pure. Like, they're, they really want to find love. Yeah, they're like, oh, these are people, yeah, they're really, like, destroying their lives and they believe in this versus yes. you know, Angela and Michael, Jenny and Sue, I'm so tired of them. Like, I do weekly recaps of most of the spinoffs and I told them this year, I was like, I'm not doing Happily Ever After. Like, I can't find anything else to say about Angela and Michael. I can't it fries your fucking brain. It fries it. But that was my thing with the show. I think that I, because I, of course, did watch it after. And what I was going to say earlier is that as a host, you're in a really impossible position because the 90 Day fans are very brutal. I mean, they are... I, I love the show. I love the fans. They can be quite toxic, much like the One Directioners. Yeah. And they are looking for stories and they can be really negative. And it was hard to work in that universe and then have all of a sudden like that lens on you a little bit when you're just like some idiot comedian, you know, yeah. as I am. Um, and they were so mean to me. It was just so, it was such a hard show to work on because they yeah. just want to put everyone down. It's like, how can we knock this person down? And I know that with Sean, who does the after the. Yeah. I guess reunions now. Yeah, yeah. They really come for Sean too. I Oh, they hate Sean. They hate Sean. And like I love her. I think she does a good job. Yeah. She's she good. knows how to like pull out the right details. She comes for people. She'll be like, Oh, really? You haven't seen another man since your trip to Japan? Then what about your birthday two weekends ago when you stayed in a hotel with a man named Michael? And you're just like, How did she know? <laughs> She gets everything. But the thing is this, people have to understand this is not a show on someone's Patreon. You, they're working for Discovery. They're working yeah. for TLC. So you can't, like, they also have to protect their talent. So you really can't on any network-sponsored after show outside of a podcast that you do on your own, come for them in the way you cannot pull the receipts out. You can't yeah. ask them those questions because A, then they're getting rid of like a whole next season if you're really going to dig deep. Like yeah. they need to breadcrumb that shit out. They can't just go right on and have some 
idiot like myself ask those questions. I will say they've yeah. changed the way they do the tell-alls now. We're like, Sean, also we had Sean on TV, I say. So just if you love her, she was on the first season. She's amazing. And she was nice. She was so nice. She is just the most positive person. She is just like, reach for okay. your dreams, girls. Like, you know, do it up. Like, if you want to... <gasps> If you want to interview United Day Fiance people, you can do it too someday. And I'm just like, I love you. <laughs> Wait, I need to hear that. Go on. I need that energy. Yeah. So yeah, like Sean does her part. And then at the end, they put in like a mini episode where they just interview the couples one-on-one. And then they do like a update on where they are today. So at the end of the tell-all, instead of Sean showing, like revealing everything, it'll be like a jump where they're like three weeks later, Gloria found out that Mohammed had been speaking to other women. And then they show like (gasps) other footage. And so, you know, at the end of the tell-all, like what has happened without it being revealed. It's a little weird. I kind of like it, though. I like that, actually. It reminds me of my favorite things, which the last episode of any Housewife series, where it's like, Ramona um, released her wine line and yeah. has jewelry now, when they just do that quick. And it's still written in, like, MS Paint font. They've never updated the font. It still looks no. like shit. <laughs> if that brings me back to happy feelings. I was going to say that here in the UK, they have... It's really amazing. They have like five reality shows that they show every day and they show over and over again the repeats from five years ago. And I sit drooling on myself and I watch the same (laughs) episodes over and over. And I don't know what it is about because I know that you were mentioning 90 Day UK. Oh, yeah. But there is something about dating shows here. And I think I'm cracking it that... I think does make them more um, enticing than American dating shows. And I think what that is, is they're willing to put ugly people on TV. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And in America, uh, 90 Day obviously is like a freak show and they're purposefully going for that. But I'm talking like regular shows about regular people finding love. Like why? Yeah. Why is Love is Blind all beautiful people? It is so irritating. Like Love is Blind, all those shows. I'm like, why are they just the ultimatum? Like, why are these just gorgeous 22-year-olds who should not be making decisions? Yeah. They're the dumbest, hottest. The whole point of Love is Blind is that you, it's like that show also where they had the animal faces, which I didn't watch. I, I did. Sexy Beast. I watched every episode. Yeah, I can't watch that. It was horrible. It was horrible and I couldn't stop watching it. Every episode made me angry. I would sit there like, yeah. that was stupid. This is dumb. Like half the time they didn't even like pick someone. They would just, because that was an option. They could also just be like, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good on everybody. And then they would just be like, okay, well, these are what they look like. And then that was it. Well, you can still see that they're hot, like under the, you know what I mean? It's you can not, still tell these are all conventionally attractive, skinny people. Like, like fit. Yes, the fitness thing. You know, oh my God. I think they need to have a new show called like, instead of Catfish, called Fatfish. Where, and that's what Love is Blind should have been called. Yeah. Where they have other weighted people and you don't know, but I don't want the people on the show to know that they may get someone who's heavy. Yeah. The problem with that show, thinking about it now, and actually there's a couple on Married at First Sight UK, which Ashley, you have to watch. I'm going to send you my VPN login. Your eyes, you're not ready. Because I do do Married at First Sight. I have not done the UK version. Are you watching this season of the American one? No, I haven't caught up yet. I just, (gasps) I finished the Boston one late. So like I did Boston and now I'm like, okay, I got to jump into the next one. With Lindsay and uh, whatever his name is. uh, Mock the shock. Mock the shock. Sean, who looks like he has two plugged in toasters in a tub. Everywhere (laughs) he goes, he's like wearing water shoes with little toasters in him. His eyes are, he needs to get his thyroid checked. It's a good season, the American one. There's... A guy on it who I would say for me is the most conventionally hot guy they've had on the show. Like just as far as my type goes and that he's bald with a beard and he is such a fucking piece of shit. And I'm like, ah, it just so explains to me my problems. Like I'm like, oh, it's like watching myself date. I'm like, oh, I see. 
They're all assholes. Yeah. (laughs) The UK one, though, there's a couple. Gorgeous, beautiful girl, curvier girl. She's West African. She wants to be set up with a guy from West Africa. They find this guy. You're going to love this. Very handsome looking guy. Super ripped from Ghana. He's a podcaster. Now, where does your energy go? When I say that the man is a podcaster, and we have podcasts, Uh, but what do you think? No, as soon as you said that that he's from Ghana and he has a podcast, I was like, so he hate, it's about hating women (laughs) or it's about high value women. (laughs) It's about how women should act to get men to like them. It's like one of those. Okay, I didn't say that. And I need you. That's why I really need you to watch it. Like I actually... It's not even a, a, it's a choice. You have to watch the show because yeah. I have no one to talk about it with and you will absolutely shit. And I know good TV and it's great. Yeah. But he says after, and she's seriously stunning, beautiful girl, but a little curvier, like big breasts, you know, got a butt, yeah. whatever. And as they're um, walking down the aisle, he's like, you know, she's bigger. She's bigger than anyone I've ever dated. And he's saying that and you kind of your heart breaks for her. And I say this as like a curvier girl that if I went on some show like that and a guy said that behind my back, yeah. I would be heartbroken to hear that. Yeah. But the truth is maybe that's why they don't do that because I think that it would, I don't think people would react well. Yeah. I, yeah. And it would be bad. It would be it bad. It would be really bad. I know. And like, yeah, I know on the worst time. Love is Blind, they like eventually show them all the footage of like, here's what your person said about you. You know, so you can be like, oh, that's. Oh, do they? Yeah. That's, you know, so I'm always like, you know, eventually they're going to see this footage where you said this. (laughs) Like, I just don't. Anyone who goes on these shows is like out of their fucking mind. But I love it. You have to watch Survivor. I feel like I'm giving you homework, but I'm telling you it's. it's I have not watched Survivor since like I was in, in over 10 years. I have not watched Survivor since probably the third season. Like... Uh, yeah, I'm I'm shaking my head because listener, and if you know Las Culturistas, they're also obsessed yes. with Survivor. To this day, it is the best reality show. Jeff Probst and his big old dick. He's still going. Killing Jeff it Probst host. is still going. Still, every season they give him a new pocket. He's up to 47 <laughs> pockets. He has so many, actually. He's just wearing pockets, pockets on pockets. He is so good. And it's genuinely. And it's like one of those shows, too, where I always get worried about casting. Like, where are they going to find the new people who are smart and interesting? They always find good people. It is amazing. It's an amazing show. I I love it. Yeah. Maybe I got to get back into it. People have been trying to get me back into Big Brother. I started watching this latest season. That that show's too confusing for me. I don't understand. Is it? I don't know what's ever happening. People are like, oh, well, you see, the HOA has to sleep outside on a tent because he lost the Scrabble (laughs) game. And because he didn't win the pickup turnaround, then he doesn't get to eat like pizza for four days. But the other house, they get pizza and beer. And I'm just like, what is, are the rules here? I don't understand. Meanwhile, I'm locked. Everything you're saying, I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah, and pizza and beer. Like, well, yeah. that's a big week for them. Yeah, everyone's like, for yeah, actually, that's the <laughs> HOA, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, and then I, there was like one scene I saw where they put pictures of this guy's family from back home and he like, just randomly finds them in a trunk and starts crying. And I'm like, is the show just, do they just hide people's (laughs) triggers around? And my friends are like, no, because he like won something. That's his prize. And I'm like, because we hope they give you like, like what they gave like one like weird alt guy like new Doc Martens is this price. It's a great show. You would love it. Wait, Ash, I want to ask you this. You yeah. do stand up. Yeah. Let's get into you. Uh, by the way, could talk about TV with you all day, and yeah. that's why I think it upsets me so that when I love a show, you're not watching it because I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, you're because ma- I know I know that you would like it. Like I'm just I I, I don't suffer stupid television anymore. Yeah. I really try to limit myself to good TV. And it's like, yeah, I could stop watching Life After Lockup. <laughs> 
I stopped watching that show. I yeah, couldn't do it anymore. It's bad. Yeah. Now it's bad. It's, yeah. It's all the same people on it now. And I'm just like, I'm sick of Angela and Puppy. Like, I'm tired of the, it's the same people doing the same it's stuff. It's like, what, what words are you even saying? Angela and Puppy. Wait, you're doing stand-up and yeah. you have some shows coming up. Will you tell everyone where they can see you perform? Yeah. Uh, I, if you're in LA, you can actually see me tonight at the Airliner. Uh, I do a monthly show out in LA with Babs Gray. If you know Babs Gray, she oh, I is love the, her. Yeah, I love her. Yeah. She freed Brittany. Uh, we do the show together. I know. Yeah. So, oh my God. Yeah, yeah it's a good time. Change her life. I mean, don't speak for her, but that must have changed <laughs> her life like crazy. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, they're doing so much with like the podcast and like she's just always being interviewed for things. And then I know when Brittany put out that like voice recording that she like deleted. Uh, she like specifically said it was the Free Britney people who were the people who got me out. Like they were the ones who kept fighting and getting people to believe that like something was wrong. So. Wow. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I love that. I just tell Babs that I, my heart is with her and I love yeah. that. So you do a show with her once a yeah, month. Yeah, do a show with her once a month in LA. And then I will be in Chicago, October 27th at Color Ooh. Club. Uh, and I will also be in New York for the New York Comedy Fest but I'm actually not supposed to say that yet or announce the dates, but it is in November. So <laughs> I love that. No, say whatever you please. Yeah. I'm just like, people are like, where are you going to be? I'm like, yeah, I'll be in, I'll be in New York for New York comedy fest, uh, Chicago. And yeah, mostly just trying to do a bunch of shows around LA right now. I just, I love being, how home. is the stand up scene in LA? I haven't, I, I haven't been to LA since pre COVID by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I came out here pre COVID and, you know, it felt like I was, I like, it just kind of got my footing in the scene here. I started stand up in Chicago, so I kind of already knew a lot of people out here. And COVID just kicked a lot of people out. Like, it's a totally different scene now. People that you, like, knew who were doing comedy for, like, five years, eight years, they've quit. They're like, yeah, when wow. the world was ending, I realized this isn't what I want to do. Uh, and then I think the people like me who just kept doing it, we're like, oh, this is really, truly what I want to do because I'm still doing it in the middle of a pandemic. So I must really enjoy doing this. See, and there you go. Yeah. And it's wonderful because I do think also the audiences are so hungry for yes. funny shit. Like, it's a really good time to perform and yeah. get out uh, there. Yeah, and audiences, they're so just awesome. hungry. They're just happy to yeah. be out. They're happy to be doing, you know, shows and stuff. And I, I don't know. I, I love stand up. I, I write TV. I do all these other things, but like my true love is stand up comedy. And I, like, I was doing Zoom shows. I was doing like outdoor oh, shows. No. I was doing like the car shows where like everyone is in their own car. I just could not stop doing it. And I think it's made me funnier. It's made me like, you know, it, it forced you kind of to kind of define your voice in different ways. Uh, mm. but you know, I think it also, uh, there are people who started doing stand-up during quarantine, and I think those people are crazy. I think, like, what made you start doing stand-up in a pandemic? Like, you should go to a therapist. Well, I think that what that is, is I feel like a lot of people, when the world stopped moving, people were like, okay, what have I not done? You know, it's almost like facing death yeah. in a way. Because everybody was thinking, when we didn't know, especially with this virus and so many people were dying, we were like, okay, what have I not done in my life that I'll regret if I never do? And I bet for a lot yeah. of people, although I have a lot of theories about stand-up where, like, you know, 
I always feel like if you weren't bullied as a child or you weren't a funny born, I really mean this though. Like if people who were not sure. bullied or who did not struggle when they were kids or weren't like smart, I'm like, please don't do stand up. Can yeah. you like let the bullied kids have it? Cause yeah. this is our therapy and this is like how we, yeah, this is how I process the trauma. Okay. They bullied me and I had to be funnier to bully them back. So <laughs> that's exactly what happened to me, by the way, a hundred percent. Like that is my, you've just like nailed my yeah. trajectory and <laughs> like from seventh to ninth grade. Yeah. Started like the most bullied and I ended it like top of the pack because I was like, I'm going to be fucking funny. Yeah, I'll be funny. And yeah, I will be. And by the end, I, I stayed went to the same school, like sixth through 12th grade. So senior year, I like knew everyone and they were like, we need someone to do the senior roast. And they all immediately were just like, <gasps> Ashley. <laughs> See, you were born to do it. You were born to do it. Yeah. And. Oh, I made two girls cry. It was great. We have them here. <laughs> and we have them They're here both today. Smith grads. Smith, Smith grads. Uh, they, <laughs> they are such fans. They love your work. Um, oh, my God. If they would have roasted me in high school, I'm actually sensitive. We had Whitney Cummings on the podcast a couple weeks ago, and I was thinking I could never do roasts. Who was it? Oh, I was talking to Trixie, too. Like, I am so sensitive. Like, I'll serve it. I'll do this and that. If yeah. one person made fun of me to my face, I think I would curl up in a ball and die. Like, I'm, I'm please don't. I'm not that kind of comic, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. I, I actually have only ever roasted. I've never been roasted. So I just, I don't. Interesting. I, I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. I'd probably right. cry. Well, noted. <laughs> noted. Um, Ashley, you have been nothing short of an absolute pleasure. I really had so much fun talking this to you. This was so fun. I feel like we did, we, there's so many more things we can talk about there's so many more shows and i know so many more things is Hamburg. there anything else <laughs> the the thing is i want to just go back to germany for a minute you know by the way have you been to amsterdam by the way it's a great place oh yeah i love amsterdam the best yeah uh, go see ashley perform go follow her she's yeah. so funny at the ashley ray yeah got it <laughs> instagram at the ashley ray and go uh see ashley do stand up and before you do anything else, go subscribe to her podcast, TV I Say with Ashley Ray, which is uh, an Earwolf podcast. You're helping yes. support the family. Wait, last thing. You worked in advertising. Yeah. How coked up were the guys in advertising? So That's my up. last question. So coked up. Really? I, and it, I worked in advertising like around the peak of Mad Men. Uh, when every oh, like God. middle-aged white guy thought they were Don Draper because they like did ads for Budweiser. So <laughs> they would just like they all wow. had like bar carts in their offices, but this was not like real men. And it would just be like, yeah, I got fireball and like seltzer. And That's yeah. like hell. Yeah, it was just literally <laughs> like, yeah, just them drinking like light beers and doing like bumps of coke at like client parties and just me just being like, you guys are not like cool kid. You are not Don Draper. Like, go home to your children. <laughs> And by the way, how many of those marriages survived? Let's talk about it. I'm guessing none. I just think that, yeah. I know the the three bosses I've stayed in touch with all divorce now. All divorce now. And one of them single is... Single still or what's their story? One of them's still single. He is the head of hmm. uh, of streaming and national audio. Very professional. Oh. Uh, and then one of them... I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. One of them, he quit. And now he's like trying to be a stand-up comedian, actually. Well, it all comes back to that, doesn't it? He hit me up for advice. And I was just <laughs> no. like, no. <laughs> I was like, you're one of the worst bosses I ever had. <laughs> like... 
Oh my God. Why those, and by the way, it actually is the perfect way to end because it's exactly those kind of guys that drive me fucking crazy. Yeah. It's people, I'm not saying don't live your dream. If you want to try stand up, I get it. Try it, you know, get it out of your system. But I'm sorry, let the professionals, let the traumatized children, yeah. please do their thing. This is the only way we can make money. Yeah. I mean, truly. That's it. This is it. This is all I have. That's it. Ashley gets it. Ashley, seriously, I had such a good time with you. Thank you for doing the show. This was so fun. Thank you for having me. You'll have to do mine and we can talk about so much more TV. Um, I will, but I'm going to have to email you a list of shows because yes. I'm actually, my mind is racing with, I need your opinions on so many things. So I'm going to, yeah. we'll figure that out. Uh, we right. didn't even get into like scammer shows. Uh, yeah. Oh, I have a good story about a scammer. Okay. That'll be when I come on your podcast. Okay. Yeah. Wait, I have a great, I recently got mildly Tinder swindled. I'm going to save that for your show. Ooh. Okay. That's a good tease. Save it. Yeah. That's a good that's tease. That's a good setup. All right. Ashley, thank you. And guys, uh, by the way, just a reminder for everyone, and I'm sure I said this earlier, I'm live in London Friday night, tomorrow night, London Podcast Fest. I'm interviewing British Michelle Collins, Ashley Ray. Oh. I'm very excited about that. So tell your friends, share it. If they're in London, the tickets are yeah. essentially free. They're like $10. Just come to the show and that's it. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next week. Bye. Midnight Snack is an Earwolf production, executive produced by me, Michelle Collins. Our producer is Anita Flores, and our sound engineer is Sam Kiefer. Special thanks to my friend Dan Acton. You can listen to our ad-free episodes on Stitcher Premium. For a free one-month trial, use the code SNACK. Please rate and review Midnight Snack and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. You can follow us on Twitter at MNightSnackPod. That's M-N-I-G-H-T-S-N-A-C-K-P-O-D. I love spelling. Midnight Snackers, we would love to hear from you. Send us your feedback, questions, or topics we should chat about. You can leave us a voicemail on our party line at 331-901-0005 or drop us a line at MidnightSnack at Earwolf.com. For more of me, tune into The Michelle Collins Show live weekday mornings from 7 a.m. Eastern Time on Radio Andy, Sirius XM 102, and on the Sirius XM app. You can also follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Mishkoll, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. And that's the episode. We hope you loved it. Again, if you want to hear the show every single day, go to www.patreon.com slash mishcall. M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. You can also follow me on Instagram, X, TikTok, all the things. Mishkal, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. I'm running myself into the ground for content and I want you to be a part of it. So we'll see you over there. And thanks again for joining us. Bye, guys.